This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. As we are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM, WHCR, the voice of Harlem. You know Tina's on vacation. We miss you, Tina. We love you, girl. Get she back probably here, can't T-T. hear us, but T-T enjoy T-T your vacation. is listening. T.T. know it's real. And Professor Harden, as always, what's up? If you're listening... <laughs> You're the real MVP. But anyways, <laughs> guys, we are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard. And if you're just tuning in, this is Stanley Fritz, Selena Hill, and Alyssa Fuchs. We call ourselves the Big Three or the Thug Triangle. And we are now talking about payday mother-loving loans. Sometimes I sit to myself and I think, this show would be so much more fun if I could say curse words. But then <laughs> We're not on would. HBO. Yes. And also, Professor Harden would literally kill me and give me the bill from the FCC. And I don't want to die. You know what I mean? So instead, we're not going to curse. We're going to talk about what's happening right now. And I'm going to start you off with a very, very sad story. Or if you're Selena, you might find funny, this story funny because, of course, Selena hates me. Stop. So in 2011, I had been a year out of college and working still at my first job from graduating after graduating from college. I was making approximately 28000 a year before taxes, 17000 a year after taxes. Stop. You heard that right. Is that the funny part? No, that's, that's <laughs> just the real... <laughs> you see, I told you she was going to laugh. I'm just kidding. No, she's not. So, after taxes, every paycheck, I was taking home about $700 every two weeks. I had, an apart- had a three-bedroom apartment with, with two really good friends. Rent was 1500 a month, so I had to pay 500 About six months into the second year of that lease in 2011, the landlord decided she wanted to raise the rent because she needed to pay for the increasing water bill because of Obamacare. That's what she said, I quote. So instead of paying 500 a month, I had to pay- now pay 600 a month. This was including... I had to pay for rent, had to pay utilities, had to pay student loans, which at, at the time, Sally May wanted 400 a month from me, and I had to make those payments. That... <laughs> yes, you, you know I don't like that scallywag, Sally Mae. Change something to Navi. You still look, I can't say it. Can we say the T H O T? T. I don't think we can. All right, I'm not uh, going to um, say We're it. not sure, so yes. we'll reserve But judgment. I spelled it. You know, you guys know what I'm it talking about. It took me a while. But I, got, anyways. I don't got Sally Mae. Yeah. I got great legs. You got know. great legs? That's a new. That, there's so many words I can't say right now. But, anyways, <laughs> guys, back to the story and my inability to say curse words on air because I love my life and the show. So, pretty much. Rent went up, up to 600 a month. Now, to you guys, that may not seem like a big deal. People would die to pay 600 a month for rent and, you know, in New York City, and I had roommates. But for me, that threw my budget out of whack. So what ended up happening for, like, the first couple of months would there be months where I didn't have enough money for food or to do laundry or, like, to do basic things like travel or get around. And I got really desperate one month, and I tried to take out a payday loan. Mm. And I remember... Because, like, I didn't know which ones were real or fake, and I knew you couldn't... It was illegal to have them, like, in stores in the city, so you could only go online for them. And I just Googled payday loans, and over a 100 different companies came. Everybody wants to give you money. Yes, and I remember I went through them, and they're like, oh, yeah, you know, it's so great. You get the money, and you got you, you had them pay you back a week later. And I filled out all the paperwork, and my friend, I'm not going to put his name on blast, but he lives in Harlem now, he was like, don't do it. And he told me he owed over $7,000. And money to pay the loans from borrowing five hundred dollars. Omg! Six months ago. What? I mean, one in five borrowers defaults on one of these yes. loans. N- nearly two thirds of people end up renewing a loan, and it ends up costing them ten times more what it was when they originally took it out. Yeah, and like this is I'm 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 not like somebody who was struggling. Well, I was struggling, but like this is somebody who I follow what. People told me it was American dream. I went to college, got a degree, got a job right out of college. I was unemployed for one month. Out of graduation during the recession, which is amazing. I was very lucky. And I still could not afford to do basic things like live. 
and I was supposed to take out a payday loan or almost take it out. I didn't do it. I just struggled and survived off of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, Hennessy, and Frosted Flakes. That is a fact. You can ask Selena. Why were you drinking Hennessy? Yeah, why the Hennessy? Why not? You need to get on that dollar liquor. No, I'm not drinking <laughs> Cape Manson with that dollar liquor, Alyssa. I can't believe she said it like that. Dollar. That dollar. Yo, Alyssa, we got we to gotta turn up soon. We haven't turned up I in a I think Alyssa's hanging out with us too much. Yeah, but anyways. Um, are you? This, this, is, wait, this is before us. You talking about, Way I ain't never told her that. You know, let's be out there in the Bronx chilling. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember the that. Trap. Yeah, if I'm 161st, that's <laughs> the courthouse. Words. We're going we're gonna to get fired today, aren't we? I hope All right. not. All right, so anyways, the story continues. I didn't take out that payday loan, and I just struggled, and my roommates helped me out when they could because none of us were rich. I was lucky enough not to. My friend eventually got the payday loans paid off by just pretty much becoming austeric on everything else. But a lot of other pe- a lot of other people go through this kind of situation, and they don't have the luck that I do or the friends that I had. And now they are crushing. They're being crushed and payday loan debt. And if you want to find out the two biggest like reasons for debt and bankruptcy in New York, in America, it is student loan debt and payday loan debt because people don't make enough to live and they have to borrow some money to pay back that money before they get more money. So they keep on borrowing and they keep on going down the hole, which is why I was very happy when I found out that President Obama has had begun to urge the Consumer Protection Financial Bureau to put some more restraints on payday loan lenders which are all over the U.S., and some of them, they have them in stores. Some of them, they can't work in the state, so they have them online. So people like Stanley Fritz can go look for them on the Internet when they get desperate for money. And then, you know, and then and these people have been taking advantage of Americans all over the place. And now what he wants to do is make it harder for them to give money. They want them to ask questions like, hey, can you afford to pay this back? And if you can't, then we shouldn't give it to you. Hey, is that interest rate really that high? Should it be that high? Maybe, maybe not. And those are things he wants to do. But because I only know about my struggle and the struggle of a couple of people, we have someone on the show today, right now, on the phone, who can help us with this conversation. And he is Bendy Walsh, a business reporter at the Huffington Post, who covers money and finance. And previously, he also covered Wall Street and banking for business and inside and worked at Goldman Sachs. So this is someone who definitely has a strong background in finance, knows what's going on when it comes to dollars and cents, and maybe can help us figure out why this is such a booming business of $46 billion dollars a year annually so ben thank you so much for tuning in and thank you for not falling asleep during my story wait <laughs> did you fall asleep ben? thanks for are, having me you are you still it. there brunch drink yes yes what is your favorite brunch drink my favorite brunch drink yes uh probably just a beer you know this is probably why you're not poor like me because <laughs> <laughs> you know wait wait what kind of beer because people think that bud light is beer we all know that's water so i found that out what's your what's your brunch beer uh Probably like a Brooklyn Lager. Ah, nice. good man. I like that. I like I that. I usually go with the IPAs, but Brooklyn Lager is always a guaranteed good drink. Ooh, we should go on a Brooklyn Brewery tour on a Saturday. Side to, note. I will be too drunk to make it to the show the next day. I don't know if I <laughs> can find You might have to take you. out a payday loan. Yeah. <laughs> I actually did that in Belgium. A payday loan? No, 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 no. The, the beer tour. Yeah, so we are falling way off topic, as we can see, because the host of this segment is Stanley Fritz, and I know not how to stay on topic. But anyways, Ben, we've been talking about payday loans and how they destroy people's lives almost as badly as Sally may slash Navian, a.k.a. my wife, a.k.a. the woman who will destroy my life. So what I'd like for you to do right now is to help us to understand how payday loans have become such a juggernaut in U.S. banking. Sure. So, um, I mean, the main, the main kind of demand for them comes um, from precisely the kind of situation you described, right, where people um, get into uh, short-term cash crunches, um, for reasons that are generally outside of their control. You know, a lot of times we hear stories about people who 
have unexpected car repair bills or unexpected medical bills for family members or um, maybe their job gets reduced from full-time to part-time and then all of a sudden, you know, there goes half their income. Um, so those people um, need credit, um, but U.S. banks really um, don't want to lend to them. Um, and so uh, the payday lenders um, step in and Initially, you know, like you said, the deal sounds really good, right? You get um, you get some money to bridge the gap between now and your next paycheck, um, help you pay some some bills or get by. Um, but really, um, the kind of initial positive uh, appeal um, belies the fact that the interest rates are incredibly high. Um, you know, we're talking um, annualized percentage rates of three, four, five, six hundred percent, which is just insane. Um, and um, people fall into what you described, which, um, you know, reporters call that the debt trap, where you just keep borrowing and borrowing and borrowing to pay off money you've already borrowed. Um, and it's really uh, pretty insane. Um, and so uh, what the CFPB is trying to do is two things, really. One um, and this is the biggest part of it, is that there are no federal regulations right now for payday loans. It's all um, basic kind of... Um, Unregulated? Sort of cons- well, it, it's, it's covered by basic fair lending practices, oh. but then the kind of it, the granular stuff is all state by state. So in some states, you know, it's basically illegal to do payday loans. Um, and in other states, it's almost completely unregulated. Um, and so even in states where it's very highly regulated, um, payday lenders go through lots of loopholes to try to evade those regulations. So they do things like um, call themselves um, mortgage providers. Um, they uh, will operate off of Indian reservations. They'll operate online. Um, all sorts of things to evade state restrictions. Um, and so it's really a big deal. There's going to be a federal rule if this does in fact go forward. Um, but the second big thing that you said is that, um, what this rule, the proposed rule aims to do is to make sure people can pay back these loans, um, so that they don't get caught in the debt trap and just keep borrowing and keep borrowing to pay off loans they've already taken out. Um, and so that's the big news, really. No, definitely. That makes sense. I mean, I have just some numbers for you here uh, for the listeners. About 15% of bar- only about 15% of people who borrow money can actually repay this money uh, fully within 14 days. And after the 14 days, then they start getting hit with the fees. And when, when they looked at um, the borrowers moving from one loan to the next, they found that in three-fifths of cases that were studied, the fees that these people had to pay ha- actually exceeded the original amount of the loan. Selena? Yeah. Right. So, 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 Ben, my question is, um, so we know that the government is finally cracking down and Obama made this big speech in Alabama and I clapped and cheered and maybe some people even cried. But so how far do these regulations actually go from my understanding? They won't do anything about the ridiculously high interest rates. And all they're doing is making sure that people can pay it back, which leaves a lot of room for loopholes. It, it, it does, and that's, you know, one of the things that people have 
been critical of is that there's no interest rate cap. Um, but I think that one of the things that's interesting um, about the regulation is that it really um, gets to the heart of the problem, which is that the most abusive part of payday loans is not necessarily the interest rate that you pay over a two-week period. Um, it's the fact that most people can't pay off the loan over the two-week period, and so the interest rate then stretches out longer and longer and longer, and you're paying the loan back over a longer period of time. Um, and there are, um, you know, like um, was just mentioned, when you don't pay the back loan back on time, there are fees tacked on top of it. Um, and so one of the ways of making the fees and interest um, having them have some sort of a limit is basically saying, okay, to pay the lenders, you've got to get people to pay these loans back. Um, and so the way that I look at it is that there isn't an interest rate cap, but what the rule is, I think, pretty smartly doing is getting at a kind of de facto interest and fee cap by saying you got to get people to pay these loans back. Okay. Right. Well, Interesting. Thank you so much for that, Ben. So, Ben, we do have to go on a quick break. When we come back, we'll be continuing this conversation. So just hold on with us for one minute, all right? Sure thing. Thank you. This is a word. Oh, and we are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM WHCR. The, the voice, voice of Harlem. Harlem. And this morning, we are speaking with Ben Walsh from the Huffington Post. And if you have a question or a comment, you should give us a call at 212-650-6903. Or you can tweet us at BeHeard underscore radio. And if you are just tuning in, this is Stanley Fritz, Selena Hill, and Alyssa Fuchs. And we have the home slice, the Brooklyn Lager lover. He also used to work for Goldman Sachs, payday loan whisperer. Ben Walsh. From the Huffington Post. I just want to add that in. Hi, Ben. Uh, this Hi. is Alyssa here. So here's my question for you. The CFPB has, from what I understand, proposed two different options. The first one would require the lender to confirm the borrower's ability to pay based on an analysis of the borrower's assets and financial obligations, which is similar to what a bank does now and sort of the reason why some people can't get loans from a bank. The second option would be that loans of $500 or less, uh, the lender would be able to skip the ability to repay assessment, but they would be be required to provide an affordable repayment schedule and limit the number of loans that the borrower could take out consecutively over the course of a year so that it would stop the cycle of people taking out one loan to pay off an old loan. Are these alternative options that it's going to be one or the other? Or are these, they're saying like for loans larger than $500, it's going to be one and loans smaller than it's going to be two. And are these rules actually effective, notwithstanding the fact that there's no interest rate cap? Sure. So right now, as the rule is proposed, um, they are basically the uh, they're uh, a sort of a choose your own adventure regulatory scheme. So basically, the the payday lender can choose which um, uh, path to follow in terms of the regulation, and they call it you know the the first one you mentioned they refer to as the preventative um, scheme, and the second one is the protective one. Um, and so on the preventative side you're required to um, look at not just how much the person, um, you know, because normally when you go into a payday loan, you just show them, here's how much I get um, every two weeks in my paycheck, um, and then they loan 
you money based on that. What this rule does is says, okay, you make a certain amount, but how much are you spending on rent? How much are you spending on food? Um, and then based on your expenses and your income makes you a loan um, that you can repay. Um, the other one is the pr- protective one. This is, okay, once you've already taken out a loan, it is the payday lender's responsibility to put you in a position to pay back that loan. And so, one, you can't take out um, more than three consecutive loans in a short period of time. And if you do take out consecutive loans, the amount that you can take out decreases. So in that sense, you know, the amount of interest and fees that you are forced to pay will drop. And um, But right now, yeah, it is uh, up to the payday lender which, um, which kind of regulation they follow. Ben, can I, I want to tell you something. So I, t- I shared my story in the beginning, and I said I needed to borrow some money. Do you know how much money I needed? No, right? uh, <laughs> I know you. I know you don't know. That was a rhetorical question. Um, Two hundred dollars, and that okay. was just so I could afford to do my laundry, pay the light bill, and buy some food. penny. No, buy some. Oh, oh, oh just food. Just no, food that my time. friend, my roommate worked at a bar. We had all the free honey we wanted. Oh, okay, so that was covered. Yeah. Probably, I'll lend you two hundred dollars. Right, but that's that's all I needed. That's literally all I needed. And before I tried to apply for a penny loan, I tried to apply for a credit card and got rejected for it. Mm. Right. So why don't we just? Why why aren't there opportunities for people? Why like why are credit cards? Why so? Sorry about that. I had got a little tongue tied. So I know when President Obama first came into office, one of the things that he and and um you know Congress and Senate did was put some restrictions on credit cards to make it a little bit harder for people to get them, so that you know we wouldn't have as much people going bankrupt from credit card debt. But do you think that actually hurt people who they need a little cushion and a credit card would have helped them without without those crippling interest rates? Um, you know, it's it's tough to say. Um. There is a problem with access to credit um, for low-income people. Like that's just uh, that's a fact. Um, but the problem is, is that there's a demand for credit, but there's also, um, in a lot of cases, um, people who need small amounts of short-term credit are um, in situations where it's very easy for them to be taken advantage of, um, and so. Um, I think one of the problems with, you know, kind of pre-approved credit cards um, is that it puts people into the exact same cycle, right? So you take it, you get a credit card, um, you're pre-approved so that you can uh, spend that $200 a month that you need. Um, but then you can't pay it back immediately. The interest rate kicks in. Um, the fees for late payments or no payment kick in. Um, and you're stuck in a different but similar kind of um, uh, debt trap. Right. So, so Ben, with that said, it sounds like we're kind of leaving some of the most vulnerable Americans, people in the working class, uh, recent college grads like Stanley was at the time. Were, they seem like they're in a catch-22 because they obviously need the money to survive or to fulfill a basic need, but you don't want them to be taken advantage of. Um, and and I, I guess the question I'm asking now is, so what's the solution? What What should we do? What should we be pushing Right. Well, I think that there's a lot of um, policies that can address um, instances when people need payday loans. So things like um, uh, Obamacare actually has been, uh, I think, uh, will prove over time to be a policy like this, right, where um, you shouldn't have 
a huge financial hit because someone in your family gets sick. Um, or you shouldn't have a huge financial hit because through no fault of your own, um, you're unemployed or um, disabled and can't work. Um, so things like um, unemployment insurance, um, especially for the long-term unemployed, or um, uh, health care that is um, you know, approaching a universal access, um, things like that can address a lot of the pain points that people find. Um, because a lot of times, you know, I think Stanley is the case in point in, the, in this sense, um, no one says, all right, in like two months, I want to take out a payday loan, right? It's always an unexpected thing, mm-hmm. um, pretty much. And so what you can do is set up a series of other policies that can help cushion the blow when people have unexpected financial things that are negative happen in their lives. So things like um, a better uh, government health care system that covers more people, um, more robust employment protections and uh, unemployment insurance, um, uh, assistance to the elderly who are a segment of the population that are um, overwhelmingly um, or disproportionately rather um, affected by payday lenders. And I would add raising the minimum wage to that. But that's just that would, that would be a good one, too. Um, you know, I have another question for you, and this is more from the le- the borrower side than the lender side, which is how important is it for a group like CFPB to hold, let's say, for example, free webinars or free classes to educate borrowers about financial literacy and about what it means to take out these loans? And I think part of, I mean, I guess what I'm getting at is I think some of the issue obviously is the, or a big part of the issue is the lenders taking advantage of people. But I also think that part of the issue is that borrowers are not uh, literate, financially literate, in exactly how these loans operate. And part of the big thing that the CFPB has tried to done with credit cards is to make it so that credit card companies have to put out very plain language statements about things like what the interest rate is, what the borrowing limit is. How helpful would it be for the CFPB to also tackle this issue by, say, providing free online webinars or even a free class at a public school that people could come to and learn? about payday loans, how they operate, and what they're actually people are getting themselves into, or and or also have kinds of the pamphlets that credit card companies have to give out, being given out by payday lenders to explain the terms in very plain and simple forms? That's a really good question. You know, financial literacy is a really fascinating topic, and I think that um, what the CFPB has done with the way that credit card companies have to present their fees and interest rates is probably would be the most helpful in this situation. I think that things like, um, you know, classes at um, uh, local community centers and that kind of thing or online um, videos that explain how payday loans work, I think those are good. But I think the problem, again, is that people don't expect to take out a payday loan, and so they don't expect, they don't plan to go online and look at what the CFPB has to say about payday loans before they take one out. Um, when people evaluate these products is when they need them. And when they need them, they tend to already be in the payday lender's store um, or on the website. And so I think requiring the companies to have a very standardized, very clear um, description of their fees and um, interest rates, and I think also what's really important, a comparison of those fees and interest rates to other products that are out there, like, say, 
a car loan or a mortgage, um, on their website, when the borrower is making the decision to borrow or not to borrow would be the most effective way. So what is what is the possibility of payday loans, us getting rid of pay, payday loans completely? Slim <laughs> um, to none. I mean, right. I think, um, uh, you know, it's a very big industry and um, it is serving a need. There is a need for short-term credit. Um, and, you know, um, I think that the best thing to do is to just regulate it um, very strictly and make sure that people aren't being taken advantage of. Um, I would um, love to see uh, an industry where um, people who needed a couple hundred dollars to get by from month to month were able to access that at lines of credit that were similar to credit cards um, without the abusive policies of credit cards. Um, but the problem is, is again, that when you need that kind of money on a short-term basis, it's just, it tends to be an emergency, and you tend to not have a lot of options. Yeah. And so people make, um, a lot of times people make choices that they know are bad just to get by for the next two weeks. Selena just pointed at me when you said that. No. And you, you are, she's 100% right, though. Because oh I, even though my friend told me that, I, I had to think long and hard. And they are persistent. You know, I had to put, mark them as spam because, like, for weeks, they were just, like, flooding my email, like, you've been pre-approved for $400. Wow. And you know what? When you're broke and, and someone's talking about giving cash. you some money, yeah. Right. Well, right. And also, um, I mean, you may or may not have noticed this, but um, what that company probably did once you filled out the application, uh, they have all your information, and that information is valuable on uh, what's called the lead market of people who are looking to find people who want payday loans. Um, and so that company, um, under its terms and conditions of you filling out the application, generally can sell your information to other companies um, who can then come and approach you um, because they know your address, they know your, um, your income, um, and they can approach you with offers. Um, so there's a huge market out there of people looking and trying to find people who want to take payday loans out. Right. So, so Benedict Selena has a question? No, I just wanted to add that um, one of the arguments that people who are making all this money and profiting off of people's um, desperation for cash and uh, inability to pay back loans, one thing they're saying is that, you know, people need choices and they, some people in the industry do agree that regulation is needed and they are all for common sense legislation, but they don't want that to in any way damper people's ability to make that choice. But you see, it's not and, a choice. Right, but, but this is America where you have the right to make bad choices. You have the right yeah. to, well, well, and then, and then there was this one woman mm-hmm. who I read in the New York Times who literally burst out in tears and was like, my cousin would have died for cancer if it wasn't for a payday loan. It saved her life. So, but there's something fundamentally wrong about that. It's not a choice that I had to try and borrow $200 at 100% interest so I could eat. That's not a choice that we should have to make. That's a very troubling factor in this country when people like that have to have to struggle right. in such a manner. And the fact that we're just going to let them go around all willy-nilly giving out money to asking for twice as much as they actually gave and destroying people's already messed up credit. And the people who are taking out these loans, and maybe I'm generalizing, usually they don't 
it's not they don't understand the concept of credit. They don't care because in their mind, well, I'm going to be broke anyway. Right. So that's how I was thinking. Like, oh, it'll mess up my credit score. Well, I'm poor and I'll always be poor, so it doesn't matter. And even the guest mentioned with respect to what Selena just said about the New York Times things, which is Ben just said, you know, if we had a more robust health care system, even something more robust than what we have now with the Affordable Care Act, then people wouldn't get hit with those bills because it would be covered. So yeah. it goes back to my thesis about everything being related to everything else. And mm-hmm. here's another one of those situations where you can see how something like healthcare and healthcare spending can be directly related to whether or not somebody may need a payday loan when yeah. it shouldn't be. People should yeah. have the health coverage that they need to not need to take a payday loan out to cover a surgery. Yeah. And, and the key is like is those policies that make um, people's lives less economically precarious, right? So that you're not just one, you know, one blown transmission in your car away from bankruptcy or needing a payday loan. And the other thing I would say is about, you know, um, this, you know, that kind of argument about, you know, well, this is America and people should make choices, is that what is smart about the way the CFPB is approaching this is they're not saying payday loans can't exist. They're not saying there's an interest rate cap. They're saying, Mm -hmm. hey, as an industry, when you lend money to someone, you should either check before you lend to them that they can pay back the money which is just basic business underwriting, lending lo- loan underwriting. They should they should be doing that anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, or once they already have a loan, figure out a way so that they can pay back that loan. Um, and what that is doing is saying to payday lenders, your business model has to be loaning people money and then paying it back to you, rather than your business model is loaning people money and then trapping them in a downward spiral of debt. Yeah, that's that's the and that's, that's I think a very smart thing to say. Listen, if you're a lender, you should make money by people borrowing money and paying you back, not by preying on people and trapping them in a situation they can't get out of. <laughs> Talk about student loans, then, right? So, <laughs> Ben, we do have to wrap this up. Um, I'm a little bit pessimistic about debt and things like that. But please let our listeners know where they can get more of your work on Huffington Post, even though I just told them how they can get it, and where they can you know, follow you if you're on Twitter or Skolnex or whatever the kids are using now. Uh, sure. So, uh, HuffingtonPost.com backslash business. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then on Twitter, I am uh, at Ben D. Walsh. There we go. So, Ben, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, this is a great conversation. A little frustrating because I've been there, and I know plenty of people who who have been there and will be there again. I just want to close it out by saying, if you don't want people to be preyed upon from payday loans, then pay them. And I'm not talking about some crappy $7 an hour where you let them work 20 hours a week and cut their hours by, by half because you just don't need their help. I'm talking about pay them a living wage. And people... Eight out of ten times will be okay. The reason that someone who, quote-unquote, has a college degree and did things the right way has to get a payday loan is because he was getting paid a crappy wage. And we had high the high cost of living in New York and other places and expensive food and not a lot of choices. You back people into corners, it's not a choice to take out a loan. It's their only option or starve or go to crime. But we see how that goes for certain people. Guys, I'm not going to talk your ears off about this. You know what it is to pay their loans. Get educated. Keep listening. We'll be right back and we'll return. It's all about the Confederate flag. 